This program is brought to you from Wisconsin Eyes Margaret Farrow Studio. Hello and welcome to Newsmakers. I'm your host, Lisa Pugh. It's crunch time for Milwaukee County Executive David Crowley, who's been traveling the state, meeting with community leaders, hoping to ensure critical revenue, revenue solutions are on the agenda for the legislature when they reconvene in January 2023. His county is facing a fiscal cliff that he says threatens vital services. Joining us now, County Executive David Crowley. Welcome to Wisconsin Eye. Well, thank you so much for having me, Lisa. It's definitely a pleasure to be here. Well, let's start with a quick summary of the last two years since you've been in office. You were sworn in in May 2020, kind of at the height of the mm -hmm. pandemic. We, nobody was expecting that. Former member of the legislature from 2017 to 2020. In November, you and the county board passed a $1.2 billion uh, 2023 operating budget. Mm -hmm. uh, yet the county faces a $329 million gap over the next 20 years and a predicted fiscal cliff in 2027. Yes. That looming cliff is right around the corner. How, how did we get here? Well, I think it's a combination of many different things. And so I'll first start off with, you know, when you think about past leadership related to some of the decisions that were made uh, within Milwaukee County, particularly with our pension, and not necessarily fully funding that pension has put us in this position. Uh, but even when you think about shared revenue and not having enough uh, revenue coming into Milwaukee County, has put it, it is to where we've had to cut. And right now we're in a position where we can't cut anymore. And so our, 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 we're tasked with actually working with the state legislature to really find a fix that we can come together to the table, hit a reset button between the county and, and, and the state legislature, and really focus on solutions to really make sure that we're funding local municipalities adequately. When you look at those past decisions of past leaders, does that make you angry? Is there blame there? I think we can always point the finger and blame a lot of folks, but I think it's about how do we move forward? How do we find solutions that's going to put uh, the county, the city, and all of our municipalities Municipalities uh, in a best place to make sure that we are providing those resources for the folks that we represent. And this is one of the reasons why we're, we're, we're working with the state legislature, building those relationships, being transparent about what is happening uh, right now and what has happened over the past few decades to make sure that we can find some solutions. You uh, for gave your first county executive vision address back in August 2020, as we mentioned, at kind of the height of the pandemic. Let's listen to what, what you had to say at that time. Okay. Milwaukee County is up against a growing structural deficit, and it has been for many years. The perfect fiscal, fiscal storm that will, will not blow over without a significant change in the wind. Irresponsible decisions made by county leaders decades ago placed the county in a difficult financial position. But the issue is not just in the past. It has been dramatically compounded by the growing weight of state-mandated services, combined with state-imposed restrictions on funding. Right now, over 70% of our local tax dollars support state-mandated services, and our options for increasing revenue are extremely limited and undesirable. These state mandates are growing twice as fast as our ability to pay for them. Without change, by 2027, state mandates will consume all of our local tax dollars, leaving no funding for our local priorities. Local tax dollars should fund local priorities, not just state services. That was the fiscal crisis before COVID-19. We now face the massive challenge of responding to a global pandemic, unemployment rates that exceed the Great Re Recession, and the greatest racial disparities in the nation. The storm is growing. 
you said back then, the storm is growing. Mm -hmm. How much worse are things in the county than they were two years ago? Well, I would say that we are in a, a very weird position. I mean, when you think about, uh, again, fiscal cliff coming in 2027, not being able to really fund our local priorities. And that comes down to a lot of our public safety, when you think about our jails, when you think about our courts, when you think about our community reintegration center, but also other quality of life issues. When you think about how can we invest in our parks, our Milwaukee County transit system, that helps our economy grow and really builds uh, the economic activity that we absolutely deserve to have uh, in our community. Uh, but we've also seen that we're, we're facing a deficit in our county transit system, $40 million deficit in the next two years. Years. And this is the reason why uh, we've decided to really travel the state, talk to other communities, you know, whether we're going to Wausau, Rhinelander, Green Bay or Chippewa Falls to really educate folks on what is happening in Milwaukee County, what reforms we've already put in place, but how we are partners in, in, in the, it, with the rest of the state as it relates to finding ways to adequately fund local municipalities. So you, you're talking about how you're traveling the state. What you're asking for isn't necessarily new. County leaders have been asking for the mm -hmm. ability to authorize and enact uh, local ta sales tax in the county for years. How is your approach different this time? Why do you think it's going to be effective this time? Well, I think that as we just think about, again, all municipalities across the state of Wisconsin, many of them are hurting. And again, we've put in reforms. We've done everything with increasing our pension contributions from our employees. We've reduced our assumed rate of return when it comes down to our pension. And we've literally cut over $300 million in expenditure uh, uh, dollars as it relates to Milwaukee County over the past 10, 12 years. And so we're no longer in a place to cut anymore. And so when I think about the local option sales tax, I believe that this is one of the best ideas that we can come up with to fix the scale of the problem. And so we can talk about shared revenue, which I think many municipalities need, but in order to fix our gap, we would need to increase it by 600%, which isn't doable in any uh, control legislature, whether that's de Democratic rep uh, or Republican. And so a 1% local option sales tax shows the rest of the state that we want to be partners. It gives us the ability to have a revenue mix because I wouldn't say that we have a spending problem. We have a revenue problem. But the local option sales tax gives us the ability to actually provide our region some type of tool that would not have a uh, a statewide impact on the budget. So back in 2020, when it, you were in uh, crisis, would you say there's more urgency now in your message, or how is that messaging uh, different when you're talking to those community leaders? Well, well, the message hasn't changed. I mean, we talked about the fiscal cliff in 2027. We haven't received any additional revenues, and so we're still seeing this. And so I think it's important that we continue to have these conversations. And I think that, you know, we realize, particularly as, you know, the county executive and pretty, uh, when you think about the, the city of Milwaukee mayor, uh, Cavalier Johnson, that we have to have some skin in the game and actually start building relationships with other communities across the entire state, whether that's with state legislators or other community leaders and elected officials. And so when we're able to have this conversation, we're able to actually talk about the fact that we can find a pathway to move forward together, because this is, again, about how do we make a huge impact, not just on our region, but the entire state? And we know that public safety is a huge factor in that. 
Uh, Assembly Speaker Voss was at a Wisconsin Policy Forum event last Friday, and he said that any request for additional revenue for Milwaukee County would not be coming from the legislature until there were some significant sustained reforms. He actually said requests for revenue would be dead on arrival without reforms. You mentioned some reforms that are in place. Are you prepared for additional aggressive reforms? What's an example of that? Well, first and foremost, I think it is still great that Republican legislator uh, leaders are still keeping the door open as it relates to, uh, you know, receiving, giving uh, local municipalities some type of revenue. And so I would actually say that, you know, I, re- I truly appreciate the fact that they're actually going to incentivize communities when we think about reforms. And we have done just that. You know, when we talk about uh, the mental health emergency center, we've focused on a behavior health redesign and partnered with uh, four of our largest healthcare systems and many of our federally qualified health centers as well to focus on mental health. Um, but we've also, uh, we're looking at what we can do related to our pension and we know that's a huge growing cost for us. We have a $300 million property tax levy and $100 million of that uh, goes into the pension alone. And so one of the things that we would like to do uh, in combination of a 1% sales tax is actually do a soft freeze, keep our current employees that are within the county under our county pension system. But moving forward, how do we put those new employees under Wisconsin retirement system? And I think that would go a long way in helping us with our long-term fiscal issues. But in the short term, we have to make sure that we can pay for those types of reforms. And so I, I really appreciate that they're coming to the table and actually having these conversations, not just with the city and Milwaukee County, but the entire uh, municipalities here in the state of Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin and I conducted campaign interviews this fall. We talked to candidates from all over the state, all corners of the state, and every single one of them we asked, what, what about your support for Milwaukee? What, what do you think about additional revenue, uh, share revenue increase for Milwaukee? And some said they recognize Milwaukee is an economic engine, that there might be a need for uh, new revenue. But other others, particularly some veteran GOP legislators, said, why should my community uh, have to pay for failed leadership and poor fiscal management in the communities in in Milwaukee, in Milwaukee County. How do you respond to that? Well, this is exactly why we wanted to focus on a 1% sales tax. This is one of the uh, better strategies that we were thinking about that would not have an impact on a statewide budget, but have the opportunity to actually free up more money for many of those local municipalities. And when you think about it, you know, we collected a 5.5% sales tax and we only get to keep 0.5% of that. So when you have economic uh, uh, generating activities happening, like, you know, a brewer's playoff run, which I have my fingers crossed for next season. Uh, But even when you think about the bucks, when you think about, um, you know, DNC now, RNC coming here. We don't have the ability to actually capture or leverage our own economic activity. And so if we want to make sure that Wisconsin is thriving, we have to make sure that we have a thriving Milwaukee. We are not doing this solely just for us. This is an economic benefit for the entire region. The city wants to continue to uh, uh, invest in our, our public safety when it comes down to MPD, our firefighters, our EMS. And we want to do the exact same thing when you think about our jails, our courts, as well as our community reintegration center, formerly known as the House of Correction. And so this is, this is a, a huge win for us in making sure that everyone is getting what they need from the state legislature 
But again, we have to continue to build those relationships, and that's one of the reasons why we're traveling to get across the state. So how does a legislator in uh, De Pere, Wisconsin, Amherst, Wisconsin, how, how do they benefit from uh, Milwaukee County being able to enact the local sales tax? Absolutely. So we've been to Wausau, we've been to Rhinelander, we've been to Green Bay, we've been to Chippewa Falls, and you know, yes, it's nice to tap, do the golden, uh, tapping of the golden keg at Lining Kugel, but they have an uh, economic relationship to Milwaukee County. When you think about Morrison Coors, if we're not able to attract, retain uh, our employees or attract new capital and investment, that has the ability to affect other communities across this state. And so we want to continue to be a part of, of being the economic driver of this state. And so that's why we talk about the 1% sales tax. It doesn't affect too many communities, but if we want to make sure that Milwaukee is thriving and we have the ability to capture uh, uh, economic activity, particularly from the business, uh, the businesses. When they're flying to Milwaukee, coming to check us out, convention centers, and all the visitors that we see coming from all walks of life across this country and across the world, we want to be able to leverage that. But again, this is about how do we make this a healthy Wisconsin, and I don't think you can do that without having a healthy Milwaukee. Is there a concern about a 1% sales tax having an impact on lower income residents within the county? I think that there are a lot of reasons why people can talk about this being a regressive tax. And, you know, we have the ability to, to, to not tax particular goods. And, you know, when you think about food and, and, and things of that nature, that's not what we're looking to tax. We want to, uh, uh, you know, tax certain commodities. But what I will tell you is the issue that we have is if we don't find a new revenue source, it would be even more regressive if I can't invest in our Market County transit system that moves our greatest commodity, our employees, our residents, to the job sites within the county and outside the county. We are, are not able to invest in those quality of life uh, issues that people love about Milwaukee. That's how we attract folks here. When you think about the lovely parks or Bradford Beach, these are community and cultural amenities that mean so much to us. But again, just to provide our basic amenities, that's what we're trying to do, making sure that we can keep people safe, invest in mental health, invest in our homeless outreach to keep people off the streets. And we've been doing tremendous work and we've, because we've had the opportunity to make investments and we appreciate we've, uh, the, the federal government, particularly with our CARES and ARPA dollars, as, as far as how we've been able to spend them on one-time funds. But we, we really need to leverage this to focus on quality of life issues to keep people here and to attract businesses here. Uh, Speaker Voss, you mentioned the shared revenues. Um, Speaker Voss said he's open to updating the shared revenue formula, but he doesn't want to update it in a way that he says uh, penalizes communities that have been more frugal and rewards spending communities. How do you think the shared revenue formula should be updated? Well, I, I love the fact that you have so many different organizations in the room looking at how we can look at the, the, the totality of the state shared revenue program. And we think about Milwaukee County, we would need a 600% increase in our shared revenue program to fix the gap that we're facing, to, 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 to fix this looming deficit. That's why we're focusing on the 1% sales tax. That 1% sales tax has the ability to generate about $180 million uh, annually. And when you think about the growth of, of inflation, that can be anywhere between 2 to 4%. And so for us, it, it really gives us the ability to step outside of actually receiving more shared revenue. It's not to say that we don't need shared revenue or the city doesn't need shared revenue, 
But we cannot fix, we cannot fix the, our fiscal crisis with shared revenue alone, and that's why we're focusing on the local option sales tax. So you don't have a specific uh, idea for how shared revenue should be changed? No, because I think that you know, there are many communities that are affected by shared revenue, and I think there are many conversations with folks like the Towns Association and League of Municipalities and the Wisconsin Counties Associations uh, that represent everyone in this state. And, and, and as long as they're having conversation to figure this out, I think they're going to find a, a good deal that not only benefits the rest of the state, but something that benefits our region as well. Let's talk a little bit about public safety, which you addressed mm-hmm. as a concern. Crime, obviously, a major issue throughout the state, and but with focused concerns in southeast Wisconsin, reckless driving, fentanyl, uh, increase in the homicide rates, hit and runs. What are solutions for public safety that you see working? Well, I can tell you that right now I'm really excited about the partnership that we have with, with the state of Wisconsin right now with uh, creating the, the new forensic uh, science facility where we'll be housing a state crime lab, our, our Office of Emergency Management, as well as our medical examiner's office, which actually supports many different communities throughout the state of Wisconsin. But it's not just about funding the police, and we absolutely need to make sure that we're funding public safety. But the police departments all across the state and across this country will tell you they can't do it alone. And so we need to make sure that we're uh, making investments more upstream as it relates to housing, as it relates to you know, our environment and making sure that we can prevent a lot of the violence that we have seen, as well as you know, the entire system. And so you have, I represent 19 different municipalities and they all have different police departments. And once they catch an individual, they come into our jail systems. How do we make sure that we have enough correctional officers being paid adequately enough to where they can be funded and keep themselves safe and keep everyone else safe? When we think about our house of corrections for those who have been convicted of misdemeanors that are coming into our community reintegration center, right now we're facing about a 40% vacancy when it comes down to correctional officers right now. And so we need to make sure that we're incentivizing people to keep people safe. So we have to make sure that we're funding the entire system because we make the, we, we help support the courts, support the sheriff's departments as well, as well as the prosecutors and public defenders. But we need to make sure we're being proactive as possible. Do you have a timeline for when you think that Milwaukee County and the region can see a turn in the crime rates that are increasing now? Well, I think that it's going to take a partnership. And I don't think that the city of Milwaukee, Milwaukee County, or any other municipality can do this alone. We have to come to the table, one, to make sure that we're adequately funding uh, the type of services that we're talking about, like law enforcement, like firefighters, like EMS. And so it's hard to put a timeline on it when you don't have enough revenues to actually pay for many of the current services. When we're talking about the 1% sales tax and as well as shared revenue across the state, this isn't about expanding programs. This is really about how do we make sure that we can maintain our current level of funding and the current level of services. So it's hard to put a timeline on it when we don't know if we're going to be able to have a healthy revenue mix uh, to actually fund many of these programs and services. Since you've been elected, you've focused a lot of your work on achieving racial equity. In your 2023 budget address just a few months ago, you said the average age of mortality for black residents in Milwaukee County is 20 years younger than white residents, and the homicide rate for black residents is nearly eight times that of white residents. 
What are any concrete signs of progress that you are making toward your equity goals for the well, county? We're, we're putting a lot of things in place to really make sure that we can actually track what exactly we're doing. And so I'm really excited that we've been working with our, our strategy, performance, and budgeting office and, and many of the other project managers within Milwaukee County to create different types of dashboards so we can actually track the health outcomes. And when we think about the negative health outcomes that we currently see, they largely fall on racial lines. And so, you know, we were able to do that uh, with our first uh, COVID-19 dashboard where we specifically tracked uh, race and ethnicity and we were able to deploy strategies and mitigation efforts to bring down uh, the burden of disease in certain communities. Now, we want to continue to expand that when we think about heart disease, when we think about asthma, when we think about stroke. And so we want to continue to look into the future utilizing, excuse me, utilizing data to make better informed decisions to inform our strategies on how we tackle this. Again, it's not about the county doing this alone. And so it's great to work with many of our FQHCs. Uh, our, 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 our healthcare systems to figure out ways to tackle many of the social determinants of health that have been negatively affecting a certain communities of color or many different communities all across uh, Milwaukee County. And so until, again, we can get those funds to make sure that we're growing ourselves and, and seeing the type of change that we need, it's going to be difficult to really answer those types of questions. But we are moving in that direction to make sure that we have the measurements and we have the metrics in place to hold ourselves accountable. Is true racial equity achievable? You know, I, I think that we need to be focusing on racial equity. And, and, you know, when we talk about racial equity and, you know, when I first ran for this office, I, I, I told folks I want to remove ourselves on being one of the most segregated communities in the entire country. And, you know, I think that, you know, we are a, a, a big town with sometimes small town thinking. And I think that we need to have a bolder vision, bolder goals. And it's not to say that I'm going to see this, these types of reforms in my lifetime. But I think about my three daughters, right, 15, 5, and 3, and what kind of access to opportunities will they have? And I want to make sure they have that, that type of access. So, you know, we are working every day towards that, you know, whether it's, you know, diversifying many of our neighborhoods, but making sure that we can diversify how people can actually move around the, our entire county. So, you know, that's why we need to focus on public transportation focus on good paying jobs to make sure that the diversity continues to be there. And we do have it, but we need to make sure that our communities, our workplaces are all diverse at the same time. Do you have time. an example of one way that you see things changing in the right direction? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, 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 I look at ourselves internally, right? I think when I, when I look at my entire cabinet, 50% uh, of my cabinet directors are, are, are women, 50% are, are black. And so we are moving the needle. But even when you look at some of our external partners, many of our local municipalities have been working with our Office of Equity to figure out how do they hold themselves accountable. And when you think about the region of choice, uh, a campaign that was started with uh, the MMAC, they understand that we need to diversify many, many of our middle management positions and executive and C-suite positions. And it's not just about putting a person in place, because there is a business case to make when you think about racial equity. And many of the most profitable businesses are some of our most diverse businesses. Wisconsin, as you know, has some of the most significant disparities when it comes to incarcerating black residents. One of every 36 black Wisconsinites is in prison while black people represent um, just 6% of the state population. This is not new news. How are you looking at those disparities? Well, this is really about what kind of upstream investments can we really make? And, you know, I think that our, our, our jails, our, our 
uh, Community Reintegration Center, our prisons, is probably the largest mental health institutions uh, in the entire state. And as long as we can continue to really invest upstream, invest in mental health, we can start to provide many more opportunities for individuals. But this is also an issue of, of housing, making sure that there's affordable housing because many people are spending more than 30%, in some cases more than 50%, to actually keep a roof over their head. But they may not have access to transportation to get out to where some of those family-sustaining jobs are located. And so the more and more that we can invest upstream, the more we'll be able to set people up. It, that's also one of the reasons why you know, we changed the name of the House of Corrections uh, to the Community Reintegration Center. Our job is not to necessarily babysit and j- just be punitive to these individuals. Yes, they made a mistake, but we want to make sure that they can be reintegrated into society. So let's make sure we give them the job training, give them the skills, and give them the education that they need to make sure they can reintegrate society, not just to better themselves, but to better the entire community and their family. Uh, Many legislators we talked to on our campaign interviews said that judges and district attorneys, particularly in the Milwaukee County area, need to be tougher on criminals. How do you respond to that? Well, you know, I think, you know, we have to realize that our criminal justice system uh, does need a little bit of help. One, when we think about some of the investments that we need to make to be proactive, those are some of the things that we can do. I mean, we created a program called the Credible Messengers Program. And we know that a lot of young people have been out here uh, committing different types of crimes. But 77% of the young people who have been through that program have not come back to our facilities. So it's not just about being tough on crime. It's about how do we absolutely give these folks the tools that they need so they don't come back into the system. And so just keeping an individual in a, in a place longer, depending on the crime, because, you know, when we think about violent crimes, absolutely. When we think about certain crimes, they absolutely need to be rehabilitated and probably need to be in prison for, you know, longer sentences, again, depending on the crime. But there's so much more that we can do with some of these dollars that we're investing in. I mean, I take I think about Lincoln Hills right now. Lincoln Hills costs Milwaukee County eleven hundred dollars per day per child. That's about four hundred and fifty thousand dollars for one entire year for one child. But when we're able to invest upstream, just imagine the type of impact that we can have, not just on that young person, but on their, on their entire family. So we have to we have to think differently as it relates to our criminal justice system, because longer sentences doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to reduce crime. Uh, The Republican National Committee earlier this year announced Milwaukee as the host for the 2024 uh, Republican National Convention. What what do you think needs to happen between now and then in terms of change in the county, or what would you like to see happen? Well, local option sales tax would be great to see actually happen. You know, when, when you think about the, the DNC, it was a great opportunity. And there are many businesses who made an investment uh, wishing that it was going to happen. And then the pandemic hit. And for a full year, many of those businesses struggled. And so I truly believe that our region definitely deserves to be able to host the RNC because it gives us the opportunity to really showcase everything that we have to offer to the entire world to bring more economic activity uh, to our region. And so between now and then, my goal is to to be able to get a 1% local option sales tax. It's going to be one of the largest conventions coming to our region. And if we're able to leverage that economic activity, that that would actually help us make the case of what we've been doing and how these types of investments are actually working for us to provide the services for our residents, focus on public safety, but as well attract capital investment to this, to, to this area so we can start to thrive and grow even more. Are there any hidden gems in Milwaukee County that you hope that those visitors would 
see while they're here? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I always, you know, I am a big fan of our Milwaukee County Parks, and I think they're a, a you know, the crown jewel um, of, of what we have to offer when you think about the assets that we have. And so when you think about Bradford Beach, right, it's, it's one of the most accessible uh, beaches in the world. And so for us, it gives us a chance to showcase what we have to offer. And, you know, I truly believe no matter what walk of life you come from, we have something to offer everybody. And I absolutely want to make sure that they're able to enjoy our Summerfest grounds, um, you know, having one of the largest music festivals in the entire country, possibly the entire world, is a great opportunity for us to, again, showcase what we have. And, you know, I think there will be more to come when you think about all the development and all the opportunities that we've been able to take advantage of. I know you have your Crowley Connect show where you yes. bring guests on and you say you always ask them at the end, what's your favorite thing about Milwaukee County? So I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite thing about Milwaukee Literally, County? Literally, it is the Milwaukee County Parks. It is the parks. It, it, is, it is the parks. We have over 155 uh, Milwaukee County Parks. We've got about 14 golf courses. We have swimming pools. This is a quality of life. This is an amenity that no one wants to give up. And when you think about some of the folks who are coming to visit Milwaukee, they've never seen this amount of parks, this amount of green space in many urban centers. And so this is something that helps us to attract new employees coming to the area, but also helps businesses attract employees. So I'm really excited about our, our Milwaukee County Parks, but you know, I would also tell you that you would never get the type of view of Lake Michigan uh, that we have when you think about Bradford Beach. You know, we have a, a beautiful view, we have a very clean beach, and we have so many, so many things that are happening down there. And we have the ability to, to, ability to actually attract uh, different businesses who want to who utilize it. So I can tell you that, you know, earlier this summer, you know, because of the Bucks run, you know, it, it, it gave us global attention. And that's how we were able to actually land the, the Red Book Flu Talk uh, this past summer to come to Veterans Park, which was an awesome sight to see. So uh, I know after this interview, you're heading across the street to the state capitol. What's your one-minute elevator speech to you re run into leadership in the elevator there? Well, you know, we're going to continue to talk about the 1% sales tax. And this is the ability for us to make a huge impact on our region without making a huge impact on the statewide budget. And so with this 1% local option sales tax, is going to give us the ability to really invest in our community, invest uh, throughout the region, because it can create a, rever a reverberating effect if we're not able to make these investments, particularly in many of the economic development opportunities that we want to focus on. All right, that is the final word. Thank you so much for joining us for Newsmakers. Thank you so much, Lisa. It was a pleasure. And thank you to the viewers of Newsmakers. Be sure to tune in again as we sit down with the decision makers and talk about the issues that make a difference for all of us. This program was brought to you from the Margaret Farrell Studio. This program is a production of Wisconsin Eye, an independent, nonpartisan, nonprofit media network with a mission to inform, educate, and engage the citizens of Wisconsin. Wisconsin Eye is the nation's first and only independently funded state civics broadcast network, providing gavel to gavel access to government proceedings and events at the state capitol.